Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. It is great to have you with us on this Thursday. On our show uh, tonight in uh, downtown at Permanis, it'll be James Franklin. And also Patrick Chambers and Lamar Stevens tonight. So we got a lot going on. We have a lot going on in this show. The next two days. We will have our high school football roundtable in a half hour. Shemokin's going to play at Shikolami, so Dave Ritchie will join us to preview that. Uh, Danville will be at Sealands Grove. Zach Showers will preview that. And Central Columbia will be at Lewisburg. And Greg Wetzel's in the studio to preview that. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus at 4.06. Matt McGloin at 4.35. Tomorrow, Brad Edwards from ESPN Game Day will join us. Jack Ham joins us and the king with picks. So, we feel when it's all said and done this week on this show, as usual, there'll be a lot more said than done. But we're still going to give you, I think, a good show anyway. Sound fair? Very fair. Uh, Danville, Sealands Grove, Central Columbia, Lewisburg, they're going to be Saturday night? Nope, everything's Friday night. Everything's tomorrow. Oh, what does SR night mean? Oh, senior night. Oh, senior night. Sorry about that. I should have spelled out senior. Yeah. Senior night on October 18th. I'm sorry. Yeah. This doesn't it doesn't uh, match up. The leaves are starting to fall a little bit breeze out there, finally getting some football weather. And now we're... Oh, yeah, I forgot we had that, but... 20-game playoff for the championship. Forgot about that. All right. Um, so, when your playoff is longer than a CFL season, that's not good. Okay. So, all of that and more coming up. And we're going to talk some big-picture items with Cam Miller. We're going to talk some big-picture items with Brad Edwards. We're going to lock in on the XFL and Penn State with Matt McLoin. We're going to lock in on Penn State with Jack Ham tomorrow. And we're going to lock in on High school football. I've noticed on these segments that Chief has been really prepared, and I think what's happened is that after doing the first couple of games, he realized that he had to be the one. All right, so um, that's you – know. and how is our guy doing? The Chief or uh, or Mr. 298, Kevin Hur? Captain 298. I have not seen him today at all. I've made two trips over that to – I, that I've, explains the, that explains the station morale. <laughs> no, I, I needed to talk to him about a couple of things. So, but the, each time where I had a free moment or two and went to that end of the building, uh, uh, he was not here. So, yeah. wonder what movie he's reviewing this week. 
He sees more movies than movie Mike. That could be. Astros and Yankees tonight. And because of the change after yesterday's rainout, it'll change how each manager will pitch. Instead of each one going to bullpen days, which they openly talked about, for game four, they now can start starters on normal rest. So A.J. Hinch for the Astros goes with Zach Greinke. And Aaron Boone for the Yankees with Masahiro Tanaka. And they'll play game five tomorrow, but there'll be no travel day. They'll go right from New York to Houston, if necessary, for Saturday. And everybody in Washington hoping and praying it goes seven games. Sure. Exhaust all the pitching you want. Be completely gassed on your pitching by the time you get to the World Series. Perfect. But what you see here is what they're getting in New York. It may sprinkle a bit at Yankee Stadium tonight, but the wind is going to be in the 20 to 30 mile per hour range and might be blowing out the right field, which is actually good news for Aaron Judge, who's one of the finest opposite field power hitters I've seen. He goes to right field as well as anybody. Well, there's going to be a little bit of carry out there tonight. Also, Stanford and UCLA are playing football tonight. Tomorrow night, it's Northwestern and Ohio State. The NFL game tonight will be Kansas City playing at Denver. Chiefs are 4-2. Denver's 2-4. Chiefs also have a two-game losing streak. So all of that is coming up tonight. I think a big sports storyline going into tonight's game is how serious Pat Mahomes, uh, does he really, really have a bad ankle injury, or is it just uh, no big deal he can play through it? Have you watched Denver play? No, they're turning it around at least the last few weeks. He'll stand back there flat-footed. Would they beat the Chargers, and who else did Denver beat? Arizona Cardinals? What? I mean, I'm not saying Joe Flacco's going to take them to the promised land. I mean, far from it, but... Uh, Whoa. But, yeah, I mean... I think some with that defense, they didn't expect them to start 0-3. No. John Calipari brought up something interesting at SEC Media Day yesterday. Now you hear ideas floated. On, for example, the NFL level, how often have you heard them float the 18-game idea? Now they've changed up. They're going to float the 17-game idea. Okay. Well, the NBA does the same thing. They've floated the idea of getting rid of the one-and-done rule because that's their rule. It's not the college rule. So they've floated that idea. Well, they're floating another idea of maybe expanding the NBA draft maybe a three-round draft, maybe a four-round draft. Now, let's go back to the 80s and the 90s. It used to be a 10-round draft for the NBA, 10 rounds. And then they've scaled it back to seven. Well, now, of course, it's two. And John Calipari said, okay, I don't get this. Why would he feels that by having even one extra round, a third round, so you'd have picks 61 to 90. That it would have more players, oh, hey, I'm going to get drafted, 
and he said and they end up in the G League. And I think he has a valid point because look, every, the, everybody's looking to earn money. I mean, everybody's looking to earn money. And I don't, you know, I don't blame players for wanting to take an opportunity to get money. I mean, that I, I have no issue with that. Connor McGovern left early. He was a third-round pick. He's going to get money. Sharif Miller left early. He got money. I have no problem with that. Tony Carr left early. Got money. Playing in Europe, but he got money. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there's a difference between. <clears throat> Excuse me. Playing college basketball with an opportunity to maybe even you know enhance your stock, although it's rare in the NBA. It's very hard for seniors to enhance their stock. Then Lamar Stevens with a good season might be able to do it. Because the thought is, remember, you know, Lamar pulled his name out of the draft, but it didn't look like he was going to get drafted. There's some people who think he might be a middle second round pick. And to be honest with you, watching him practice this morning, he played like a like a draft pick this morning. Again. And I've seen a lot of practices. Uh, and Lamar will be on the show tonight with Patrick. Um, but what what the idea of, can you, I would think it would be rare for a third round, a theoretical third round NBA pick to make an NBA roster, unless they have a spectacular preseason. So you would have to guess that John Calipari is right, that the vast majority of players, if not all, that would be in the third round of a draft for the NBA would be G League players. Well, the G League, you're not making massive amounts of money. I want to say in the G League, you're making between 35 and 50 which is okay, but that's what you make to play in El Paso, Canton, Erie, Portland, Portland, Maine. With the idea, if you can play well enough, you can somehow elevate to get to the NBA. Now, the key is if you're going to be on that level to be like a Josh Reeves, get on one of the uh, NBA with the Mavericks two-way contract. Where between the NBA and the G League, you could maybe end up making $90,000. It's not bad on an NBA two-way. There's an NBA salary, there's a G League salary, and so it's already built in as to what you're going to get. But he's right that having an extra round of the draft would then convince more players to go into the draft. Then they get the shock of being the third-round pick. And and there's no way on the planet that being a third-round pick translates into you being in the league. It translates to you being in the Gatorade League. That's what the G stands for, by the way. Gatorade's the sponsor. That's why it's the G League. Yeah, I just want a little helpful hint, Sean. Very helpful. I actually never knew that. Yeah, that's why it's the G League. All Gatorade. makes the spin back around to sports business. Yes, yes, it does. So that's what he's concerned about, and I agree with him. 
Uh, you know, you're always thinking about protecting brands and protecting players and so forth, student athletes. You do think about it. Because the idea that you might get drafted, but you have to be realistic about where you're getting drafted. Already, second-round picks are struggling to make teams. Well, if second-round picks right now are struggling to make teams, what are the odds for the third-round pick? And I thought he had a valid point in discussing it yesterday. Now, does it look good for some programs? All right, say you expand the draft. Look, Penn State got mileage out of Tony Carr being drafted. And when you go out and recruit, no longer can somebody say, well, you go to Penn State, you're not going to get drafted. Well, you can't say it anymore. Tony Carr got drafted. So there is some mileage for some programs in that regard where maybe an expanded draft can help. But I think what the expanded draft would do if, and it's still a big if, if the NBA ever did that, was it would I think it would have more players convinced their worth is higher than it really is and would not have a realistic expectation about what's best for them. I'm going to get drafted. Okay, well, I just got drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Okay, and we're going to go to Stockton. Stockton? Where's Stockton? Well, it's our G League team. What? I thought I was going to the Kings. Yeah, Stockton. Oh. You know what happens when that happens. You take up bowling, and then you open the door to maybe the frustrating of 298. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. So, Senior Night tomorrow night in Sealands Grove, they take on Danville. No word if Suit Light will be at the game to rep, you know. Does he even go to any Danville games anymore? Great question. I've never asked uh, I since uh, I would think he would. Maybe he came back home for his first homecoming. Okay. Maybe. Not sure. Senior night for Lewisburg, home with Central Columbia. And Shimoka will be at Shikolumi. Yeah, I remember he did come back for homecoming, didn't he? I think he did, yes. Crowd was chanting, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> well, Shikolumi was able to put 30 on Lewisburg a couple weeks ago in the Saturday night uh, Shikolumi homecoming game. So they're going to finish with Shimokin and Milton, both at Shikolumi Stadium. So they get a shot at four wins. Compared to one last year, so making progress, and that could uh, put them in a higher spot in the District 4 Quad A playoffs as that gets rolling uh, before we know it, November 1st. Well, 22 teams make it, so yeah, that's great. Well, not in Quad, uh, not in quad A. Not Quad A. <laughs> that's another class. Ay, ay, ay. You know what I say, and again, with all due respect... All due respect, to me, you got to be 500 or better and no more than four teams in any district playoff. You know, there's only so much time to do things. And, like, you know, and, and we keep talking about safety of the game, safety of the game, safety of the game. What, we're going to keep adding games? But that's just me. It's fine. I just, I just feel like uh, I, I'm all for a state champion. I always have been. Always have been for a state champion. 
But there's got to be a smarter way to do it. I think I know what the smarter way is, but there's a smarter way to do it. But that's not my area of expertise nor my forte. But I can look at things from a common sense point of view, and what they're doing doesn't have a lot of common sense. But there we go. And it's not like I haven't been around the block a little bit. So, but that's tonight. Uh, those games will be tomorrow night, and then uh, State High is going to play Cumberland Valley at Beaver Stadium a week from Saturday. How about that? State High's field's being redone, so they've been playing at a makeshift field behind the high school in State College. Well, for the last game, their senior day is going to be at Beaver Stadium with Cumberland Valley a week from Saturday. Yeah, it's not. It's not like playing at. It's not like playing at Kevin Hearn Memorial Stadium. Oh wait, I shouldn't have put Memorial in there, right? No, no, he's still here. <laughs> well, hopefully with the state high renovations, uh, next time you get those, you know, big swirls of rain, it's you know, you get the drainage issue taken care of. No. Oh, okay. It's not. No, it won't be. Wishful thinking. They'd have to physically move it to another the location. Field, the field is in is underground. Okay, it's below street level. <laughs> But it's a tradition playing there. And so they want to keep playing there. I understand it's a great setting. But. Oh, well. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. The Penn State Nittany Lions play on WKOK. Dotson swings at far side, 40, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Penn State. Penn State football is sponsored by Murray Motors Chevrolet, Earth Energy Innovations, Register Chevrolet, First National Insurance, Sealands Grove Ford, Mart's Game Farm, Purdy Insurance Agency. It's the Whiteout in Beaver Stadium with the Nittany Lions in Michigan. Kickoff Saturday set for 7.30 on at 6 o'clock on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here with 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. A lot of Penn State talk with Penn State and Michigan coming up Saturday night. 
And Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus, will join us at 4.06. Matt McGloin on the XFL and Penn State football at 4.35. Tomorrow on the show, Brad Edwards from ESPN Radio Game Day. And Jack Ham will join us on the show tomorrow. First, our high school football previews. You'll hear it on News Radio 1070 WKOK tomorrow night at 7 o'clock with a 6.30 airtime. And joining us is the Chief Dave Ritchie as Shemokin gets ready to take on Shikolami. Dave, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, good to be here, Steve. So, in a win, what were some elements that came together against Holy Redeemer last Friday night? Uh, sustained drives uh, for the first three times Shikolami had the ball. I'm, I'm telling you, they went double tight end with a wing and took the ball right down the field and scored uh, running wing T plays like we were expecting to see all year long. And the defense did a nice job of uh, shutting down uh, Holy Redeemer's offense. And at halftime, it was 35 nothing. And the rest of the kids that were the starters, they didn't play the rest of the game. The, the kids that haven't got a lot of playing time and since starting a lot of junior varsity games anymore they finished the game so it was a really good evening for not just the starters but for everybody on that football team what did it do for the team's confidence at this stage I, I really don't think that Shikalimi has ever lacked confidence uh, when they when they went out to play an opponent. I think that they always felt that they could compete with them. The thing is that now everything that they worked hard on in practice worked. And, you know, they had a lot of distractions. Are we going to play Southern? Are we going to play Holy Redeemer? So, you know, basically it was just a matter of, of changing the defenses around a little bit. But offensively-wise, they, uh, they, they accomplished all their goals. And, and when you do that, that's got to build upon your, uh, you know, the way you're going to look at your next two opponents who, uh, as far as just about everybody in the Valley would agree with me that are beatable opponents for Shikalimi. Right. At this point, uh, let's talk about quarterback play, uh, Dave. Where has the progress been made there to give the offense the necessary balance? Well, Drew Balestrini has... Uh, the last several games has really developed the ability to make good decisions. Uh, he's been able to, uh, you know, tuck the ball and run because a lot of times the offensive shikling involves a lot of rollouts to the right or the left. And uh, there are times that, you know, he's, he's going to put the ball underneath his arms and go and run. And he's, he's also, you know, decided when he's going to throw the ball. The line has given him more time to throw. So that's helped him out. Just uh, and, and, and his delivery has been, I would say, you know, excellent all year long. He's not overthrowing the receivers or underthrowing them. He's getting it at least between their knees and their shoulders. And when they're dropped, it's usually not the fault of the, of the passer, but it's been the receiver. So what are some of the matchups that you're looking forward to in the game tomorrow night with Shemokin that are that will be critical? Well, uh, uh, we were just talking, Greg and I were talking here because Lewisburg's already played Shemokin, and we both agree that they've got two outstanding wide receivers in Joey Mosser and Matt Shikatano. You know, Mosser's 6'3", 180 pounds, and he's, he's a legitimate uh, threat. It doesn't matter if you want to go short to him or go deep. And along with Matt Shikatano, that's, that's going to be a, a big problem for Shikalimi's uh, uh, defensive secondary, even though the secondary has played a lot better. And Nate Grimes, uh, you know, I'm impressed with Nate. He's he's uh, roughly a little un- over 50% or maybe a little under 50% as far as throwing the ball, but he has 891 yards uh, yeah. thrown to those two guys and he's got 10 touchdowns. And another interesting fact about Nate Grimes, 
he had the lead in Les Miserables in the Shemokin musical last oh. year. So, you know, we talk about kids that have, that have well, they play soccer, or excuse me, they play basketball, or they wrestle, or they run track, or baseball. Uh, Nate's uh, a thespian from way back, all right? I've seen him in several of them. So it'd be interesting to watch him play football, too. Outstanding. You know, yeah. it's, they do well, have. At least you didn't. At least you didn't say bowl 298. No, uh, I, so. I did not say that. <laughs> he doesn't have a ring for a 300 uh, perfect game, all right? So they also they also have a running back very similar, I think, to, to Joey Harris from Danville and Max Madden. Now, Max is was a pretty good wrestler, and, and Greg and I were talking about him, and uh, we both think that, you know, he gets the ball enough. He's got a little under 500 yards rushing, but he gets the ball, ball enough just to make things uh, honest for the Shikolami defense. Uh, Dane, thanks so much. Outstanding work. You and Kevin have made a great team this season. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I've, uh, I've, I've, you know, it's like 22 years I've been with Kevin, so it's, uh, you know, like I think we know each other inside and out. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know, Steve, but uh, we've been around a long time. You're a saint. All right, so uh, let's uh, get to Zach Showers now. Uh, Zach uh, has never worked, I don't think, with Kevin before and uh, amazingly sounds very sane. Well, they've worked a few uh, playoff games together, uh, and Zach can back me up on this. It just seems like you know Kevin kind of like snuck his way into the broadcast, right, Zach? Yeah, he's done that a couple times. If you want a good story, um, ask him about the time driving back. Um, from Johnstown and uh, going going on the back roads, and uh, we may have had a cop pull us over. So, um, if you want a good story, just ask him about that. I'm sure he'll be happy to share. May have it did happen. <laughs> well, I always hesitate to ask him for a story because I don't have that much time. All right, so. Uh... <laughs> Okay, you know, I mean, they're kicking off at 7.30 on Saturday night, Kev. i got to get there eventually. All right. Uh, at least Zach can have to pay for dinner that night, right? So. Yeah, very true. Right. Yeah. Uh, senior night for Sealands Grove when they take on Danville uh, tomorrow night. Zach, the seniors have had an interesting ride. They were on a powerhouse team two years ago, one that struggled last year, one that's finding its identity this year. What have they meant to the program? Um, I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of glue guys, I guess you could say, with the senior class. Um, there's some guys that have made an impact early. Uh, Josh Nyland has one who's sitting uh, top five and six and receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Um, you have guys like Wyatt Metzger, who has started on both sides of the ball, Micaiah Showers, uh, Trey Bainey. Um, a lot of guys that have played both ways and seen a lot of time, really since some since their freshman and sophomore year. So um, I think this is a group that had sat under a lot of really strong seniors their freshman and sophomore year. Um, and I think, and I know with the way the season ended last year, um, it's a group that's really motivated to end this season with the district championship. So I, I think there's a lot of a lot of good leadership and a lot of guys that are really really want to hold things together and kind of uh, put their name on a on a trophy at the end of the season. All right, so let's get to where they are right now. You want to be playing your best football once you hit this time of the year. Are they beginning to do that? I think so. I, I know a lot of the past couple of weeks we've focused um, primarily on the defensive side of the ball. On the offense last week against Central Mountain, uh, they ended up – really playing their best game of the season they had a season high 383 yards and that was 
that was a balanced game too. They had 197 on the ground and 186 passing. So you like some of the things that you've seen there. The offensive line was able to open up some holes and they were able to have a combination of putting together some nice long drives, but were also able to hit a big play. Uh, Josh Nyland, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, the first play of the game went for an 88-yard touchdown pass. Um, so they were able to get some things going offensively. Uh, defensively, it was a little bit of a mixed bag last week for as well as they've been playing. They ended up allowing 300-plus yards in the past game. So that's something they need to get cleaned up. But the rushing offense or rushing defense has been um, lights out. Um, pretty much everybody they've gone up against this year, uh, especially the last five, six weeks, they've been able to shut down. So what will be the keys against Danville tomorrow night and senior night? Well, Danville's a, an interesting team. I think uh, looking at Seelens Grove and Danville, they've kind of gone in two different trajectories. Uh, Seelens Grove started out the year two and three and have won their last three games. Danville started out the year four and one, and they've lost their last three games. So they're, they're a team that's reeling a little bit, um, but that doesn't mean that Seelens Grove can take them lightly. I think they're going to need to play their best football game um, to really come out of this with a convincing victory. Um, Danville, offensively, they'll come at you with a wing tee, uh, kind of old-school wing tee, but then they'll come out and the next play run out four wide receivers. And they're not afraid to throw out of that. Um, quarterback K.J. Riley has over 1,500 yards passing, and they have two wide receivers, uh, Persing, I'm pretty sure they're brothers, um, freshman Carson Persing has over 600 yards, and Ian Persing, has over 450 yards, so they have a lot of uh, a lot of athletes out there um, that Seelens Grove, especially after last week with their struggles against Central Mountain, are really going to need to shore up that passing defense to stop those guys. Um, offense or uh, defensively, Danville has given up 38 points per game the past three weeks. I mean, they're not a very big defense, so I think it's one of those games where Steelens Grove needs to continue to establish the running game. Um, last week, Dean Hollenbach, um, the senior running back, had his first 100-yard game of the season. I think Seal Nation, and I know our broadcast, we've talked a lot this week about um, just the importance of Steelens Grove being able um, to establish that running game and to be able to operate effectively out of that. Zach, thanks so much, and glad you survived that night on the road uh, with the suit face down and with a state trooper uh, peering at him. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> and Greg Wetzel now joins us. You don't have any suit stories, do you? Not one, thank God. No wonder of the group you seem to be the one that's the best adjusted. All right, so uh, <laughs> what's the common link? All right, so senior night for Lewisburg. Yeah. Uh, with, as they take on Central Columbia tomorrow night. Uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Zach. Over this journey to get to this point, what have the seniors meant to the program? Well, the, these seniors are what we call, I guess you call like a stick to it in this. Um, there's only six of them on the team this year. And uh, they, you have a four-year starter at quarterback in Nick Shedlesi. Lesky. You have a four-year starter with Josh Ghost on the offensive line. Um, you have a Feldman boy who's a two-year starter. You have Ethan Spalding, who might be the best athlete on the team. And then you have Logan Moore, who's a kicker. It's his first year out for football. And Garrett Sheriff, uh, Gavin Sheriff, 
is a senior safety. That's his really his first year playing because he's been injured so much. So these kids have really done a great job sticking with the program because last year they graduated 18 seniors. Right. So a lot of these underclassmen didn't get to be in starring roles until this year. And uh, they've meant a lot to the program because they have really developed the leadership role in this year's team. So it's uh, very impressive. And I did miss one senior, and I, I have to tell you about this senior too, Steve. Um, the boy's name is Cordell Dean. Uh, he's a special needs student. He's been on the team for four years. He probably yeah. goes about 5'10 and might weigh 100 pounds. Every game he leads this team out onto the field, yeah. breaks through the paper, you know. They charge onto the field. Yeah. Hasn't played at all. But this week, um, along the Scott Dennis, the Central Columbia coach, and Mark Persing, the Lewisburg coach, have talked, and they're going to have an untimed play where he gets to carry the ball and score a touchdown before the game starts. So uh, he's oh, meant a lot man. to the team. All the kids on the team love the kid. Uh, he gets a little assignment each game, what he's supposed to do from Coach Persing, and he checks in with Coach Persing to make sure he's doing a good job and stuff like that. But there'll be an untimed play where he gets to score a touchdown this week. So I think that's going to be something that's really neat to see. That's too awesome. Yep. That, really, that, that tells you everything about the people involved, huh? Yeah, it, does, it really does. Wow. Yep. Wow. I love that. Yep. Uh, I'll ask you the question I asked Zach. I, I didn't ask Dave this, uh, and I probably should have, but I asked that, Zach that you want to be playing your best football when you hit this time of the year. Has Lewisburg begun to do that? Well, you know, I thought they were until the last week when Jersey Shore came to town, and Jersey Shore put up 500 yards of offense on them. But uh, they ran a different style of offense than Lewisburg's used to seeing. Jersey Shore was running plays with 33, 34 seconds on the play clock. And that's something you just don't see in high school. And Lewisburg was having trouble getting realistically ready to run a defense, you know, getting signals in and stuff like that. So that caught them by surprise. They got an early lead. But what happened was Lewisburg would have two or three really good defensive plays, and then they break down in the third or fourth defensive play and give up a big game gain. So it looks like they took a step back last week, but they really – I would say for 60, 70% of the plays, they played really well defensively and offensively. They just had a mental or physical breakdown on those other plays. And, um, you know, for instance, the Ethan Spalding, who does everything for the team, I mean, he's a long snapper. I've, I think I've said this before. He's a long snapper. He, he, he's a running back. He's a backup quarterback, a tight end, and everything. He was cramping up in the game because he was in so many plays and running so much. They had to take him out on a third down play when we were inside our five-yard line. We don't gain any yards. We have to punt. A new snapper that goes in, hasn't snapped all year, snaps it over the punter's head. It becomes yeah. a safety. It's a seven-point game. Now becomes a nine-point game. We kick off. They return it to our 35. They score in about four plays, and it's now a 16-point ball game. And that's oh. essentially how it ended up. So, you know, it's, it's just tough. But they, they are playing better, whether they're playing their best ball right now or not, that I can't answer. But I think right. they feel confident going into this game against Central Columbia. All right, so now Central Columbia, what makes this matchup intriguing? You know, they're, they're a lot alike. Um, they want to establish the run. 
and uh, Central is a younger team. They they lost a lot of seniors last year. They have a left-handed quarterback uh, in Garrett McNellis who throws the ball well on the run. And they have a receiver that I swear that's been there for six years, seven years, <laughs> Xander Bradley, who's a really good receiver. And they have a good running back. So they're a lot like Lewisburg. They have one really great ride receiver a good quarterback and a really good running back and uh they're athletic they they're not overly big but they're very athletic and they're a well coached team scott dennis really does a nice job coaching the central columbia blue jays and i think uh it's going to be a very similar game i don't think it's going to be a high scoring game i think it'll be a low scoring game and uh, i think brakes could decide the game turnovers pleasure as always greg appreciate it no problem all right, uh, 1.09, the Valley will have that matchup between Lewisburg and Central Columbia tomorrow night. Eagle 107, Sealands Grove and Danville. And here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, Shemokin will take on Shikolumi. It's all tomorrow night on the Sunbury Broadcasting family of stations. R.J. Anderson of CBS reporting that the Phillies have it down to three people now in the running for the job to be the manager of the Phils. According to R.J., The three in the running happen to be Joe Girardi, Dusty Baker, and Buck Showalter. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.